Hi everyone, Frank here. You may know me as the creator of Champagne Athletics, the guy who once interviewed Steve Eiserman. Maybe to you I'm the fast food guy. Or maybe you simply just recall the time I fell off a bird scooter going no less than 100 miles per hour. Well, no matter how you know me or what you know me as, you're here now, and for this, I want to say thank you. Thank you for taking the time to follow the content, like the photos, share the posts, and now listen to my podcast. The Fizz has gone in and out over the years with lengthy breaks, location changes, solo shows, garage guests, and everything in between. But I want you to know we're back. It's me, it's J.U., and it's Chandler. You'll meet Chandler shortly. Now, a lot of people will say to me, Frank, I don't listen to your podcast because I don't follow sports. And I'm sure that's just a cop-out excuse due to the unnecessary anxiety people feel when my podcast comes up, when in reality, they have no interest in listening to me no matter what the topic is. But I want everyone out there to know what the fizz is. Yes, sports is the driving vehicle behind the show. Yes, it's the glue that brought us all together. And yes, we have a former NFL running back as one of the hosts. But let me tell you this, the fizz is for everyone. We're three common fellows with different backgrounds who love to shoot the shit and debate topics about pop culture, everyday life, and of course, sports. We hope to make you laugh. We hope to piss you off. We hope you agree and we hope you disagree with us. We hope to cover things you're interested in and care about. But most importantly, we hope to fill those gaps in your day, the drive to the office, the mundane work tasks, your treadmill runs, with something you enjoy and can relate to. Maybe we'll even win a few bets along the way. We have new segments this time around, the latest you just went through. That was called Five Good Minutes. It's how we're going to open every show moving forward. And it was just me providing you five minutes of my thoughts on a topic. The reason for this is because I'm so self-absorbed that it just wasn't enough to create an entire podcast based around my thoughts and interests. I needed everyone's undivided attention focused on me to fully realize my self-worth. Now, that was nowhere near five minutes, but I think I made my point. We're back in a big way. So without further ado, let's get into the fizz. Chomp with straight shots and then pop bottles. Yeah. Flirt with the hood rats, then pop models. Uh-huh. Chomp with yeah. straight shots and then pop bottles. Yeah. Hello and welcome to episode 63 of The Fibs. Thank you all for joining us after our, I don't know, four or five month hiatus. We are back. We are back in a big way. Ju's here. Ju, say hi to everyone. Hi, everyone. There you go. That was good. That's good. He's behaving early. And the big news, though, we have a new member of the team, Chandler Nash, out of Sterling Heights, Michigan. Chandler, how are we doing? Hi, everybody. How are you? There we go. I love it. I absolutely love it. So, hey, guys, we've obviously been gone for a few months. That's that's all on me. Just some life things going down, uh, going on. Shut it down for the summer. Um, but football's back, which means the fizz is back too much excitement around the season, had to get it going again. But honestly, I had probably the least eventful summer of any of the guys in the room here. Ju, you got a little bit of an announcement. Why don't you, why don't you tell everyone what, what you did this summer? Yeah. Well, I actually started the deed earlier and it's, well, you know, 
I didn't mean like how you did it. I just, maybe you, maybe how you be, you know, just, just tell them what, just tell me you had a fucking kid. Will you just tell me you had a kid? Yeah. You know, I had a beautiful baby girl, Nevaeh Lynn Colcrick on June 12th. And, uh, you know, she's doing great thriving. Uh, mom and I are happy. So just excited about that. And, uh, looking forward to showing her the ways of the world. Whimsical. I love it. Chandler also big news out of your camp. What'd you do this summer? Well, I went to Vegas. Yeah. That's about all that happened this summer. But other than that, I got a house. I got married. And uh, I had a, a very eventful, busy summer. Um, and I'm glad that uh, we finally got married after 24 months of waiting. Hell yeah. Got to love that COVID shit. Unlike <laughs> me, unlike me, just powered through. Didn't care about anybody's feelings or fears. I just said, it's my day. I'm getting married. Don't care. <laughs> I love the fact that Chandler said, Vegas got a house. And by the way, yeah, got a wedding in there too. <laughs> Decided to link up with that chick. Yeah. No, that's great. Yeah. The pretty much the only updates for me is uh got the gang back together. Um, and obviously added Chandler. And I just want everyone to know, you know, if you're not watching the video here, uh, because we do got this on YouTube, you should go check it out. But you know, Chandler, Chandler is just like a small white male, you know, he's like he's like me. Um, you know, and JU's obviously the size of like fucking Bigfoot. Um, so the goal really is to just keep adding skinny white males to the show to surround JU. So it just turns into like the reverse of that, like white girl on the couch meme. That's, that's my goal. I just want to surround you with skinny white suburban kids, um, to beat you up for your takes. That's what I'm going so, for here. So then you can, so you guys can all go and say, Oh, I have a black friend. Correct. <laughs> That's, yeah. that's really what we're going for. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a tough atmosphere out there right now. Tough climate as a lot of people like to say. So it's, it's nice to stockpile the POC friends. <laughs> so I'm glad we did that. Glad we got everyone reintroduced. Chandler's here. We're all at our respective homes. We're on the zoom. Um, so, you know what, you know, what I say without further ado, you know, we get right into what we all love here. Let's, let's talk about college football. Let's talk about weeks one, weeks zero, which is always weird to say week zero and week one. Um, so this is, this is what we're going to call our look back on the week this week. We don't have any NFL to talk about. So we're going to look at college football and we want to overreact. So that's what sports pretty much is. That's what these sports shows are is like, we want to, we want to overreact to things that we saw early on. So, Ju, I'll start with you, the former NFL running back, former Big Ten running back, Michigan State guy. Look, you got all the accolades behind you there. That's so nice. Um, why don't you tell me what you picked up from week zero, week one that you want to completely overreact about? I totally want to overreact about, and this has nothing to do with any specific team or any specific play on the field or any outcome of the game. I just want to react. And I lost my shit, you know, when they came in and college football was back, a full stadium. That gave me goosebumps. I'm going to come. And watching Virginia Tech come out to Ender Sandman, that's the greatest uh, entrance in college football ever. The greatest yeah. entrance in college football is Virginia Tech coming out to enter Sandman. 80,000-plus going absolute nuts. They're walking through that tunnel, and, and you just get chills when you see that happen. I'm and getting it right now. 
Yeah, another great tradition that happens in college football is at the end of the third quarter at Madison, Wisconsin, jump around. That was welcomed back to another 80,000-plus going crazy. You saw Gus Johnson, who's one of the best in the business, you know, in the booth, jumping around, dancing. J- Jenny, Jenny Taft, my girl, she's jumping on the sidelines too. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And I'm overacting about fans being back in the stands in college football. Yeah, 100%. I uh, I don't even see, like, you know, I, I actually had that written down, but I don't even know if you can over, like, I just, I think any, re, like, you could have went crazy because I don't know how we did it without fans before. Like, I don't know how we went through a year of watching college football without fans because it was just absolutely electric. To, to yeah, have I, don't, I don't know how the players did it. You know, I right. talked to a couple of athletes at Michigan State. You know, I was like, what was that like? And they said it sucked. It's like every single game was like a practice. And, you know, that's just crazy. I mean, being able to pull the energy from the stands is just a different level. And you know what? I played enter Sam in before I came into my spare bedroom. So, J.U., you hit it right on the head there. <laughs> so we're all juiced, ready to go, baby. Yeah. And, you know, you know, former, we're all former athletes here, pretty much same skill level and all that. You know, I just remember coming out to uh, enter Sandman for varsity hockey. So, you know, a lot of memories there, a lot of just athletes being athletes, you know, how it goes, J.U., same kind of stuff. Yeah, same stuff. Chandler, what do you, what do you want to overreact about? All right. I'm going to correct J.U. I'm going to start off the bat and I'm going to say the, I'm going to go to the greatest tradition in college football, and that's the wave to the Children's Hospital in Iowa, Iowa City after the third quarter, the best tradition in college football. And I'm going to stick with that team. And I'm going to say right now, Iowa's going to win the Big Ten this year. Wow. That's my major overreaction today. Um, 34-6 over Indiana, a team that was the biggest surprise last year, a top 20 team coming in, one of the biggest dark horse Heisman candidates and Michael Penix Jr. And what did they do? They held them to just over 200 yards of offense. They beat them up all around, and they just kicked their ass up and down the field. 134-6, that side of the division with Nebraska, Wisconsin, Minnesota now being hurt looks weak. I think they cakewalk into a game with Ohio State, and I'm predicting Iowa to beat Ohio State and or Michigan State wow. in the Big Ten title this year. Wow. We are, we are, oh, now we're, we're overreacting. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, because for me, that game was just like, oh, well, Indiana's back to being Indiana. And they had a good year in COVID where nothing, nothing made sense. So that, that's the way I took that game. But I absolutely love, love what you're putting down there. I love the overreactions. You, you put you put overreaction on the episode note, so I had to come out with a bang. You know, no, I, no. Couldn't, I couldn't hit a single. I had to go for a triple. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I mean, you did a lot better than Ju likes that the fans are back. You know what I mean? That really was just kind of a normal reaction. No, not quite. That's a damn good reaction there. <laughs> I think Chandler's just—I don't know—like someone drug test that man. <laughs> yeah, I love it. He's high. On, he's high on college football. Can you blame him? <laughs> Um, all right. What I got here, because, okay, two things for me. I, I'm going on the individual level here. Uh, overreaction big time. I just thought, number one, Sam Howell, you know, this fucking supposed to be one of the number, the top three quarterbacks coming out of college this year. I thought that guy was just a turd. So I like his, his picture, his attitude, his everything. And I think enter Sandman, he just couldn't handle the moment. Uh, but he, I just thought he was an absolute turd. 
And uh, I don't know, I, like, and my, so my overreaction was I wrote down Sam Howell will go undrafted. Now that is an absolute uh, overreaction, but three picks, 208 yards, 17 for 32, a total QBR of 41.1. And then a big L as a ranked opponent, first game back, Sam Howell is a turd. Uh, and in that same vein, who played even worse, who I thought was even more overhyped before the game was Graham, Graham Mertz out of Wisconsin. I don't know if you guys saw the, the pregame of that game, but Matt Leiner took him on his boat and was like driving him around the Madison shore and talking about how he signed the big card deal. And I kind of liked the kid. I thought he was pretty respectable, but they acted like this guy walked on water. And then what did he do? He went out and he threw two picks in the red zone, uh, total QBR of 18.5, no TDs and an L. Just absolutely couldn't get it going. So my total overreaction was Sam Howell and Graham Mertz will go undrafted. And more notably, Sam Howell is a turd, and he looks like a turd. So that that is where I went with my overreactions week one. Sam kind of gives me a little Baker Mayfield vibes there. Yes. Yes. Turd. A hundred percent. And what even makes the Mertz situation worse is they had Jack Cohn who lit it up with Notre Dame and put up 45 points week one. So that even throws some more salt into the wound in that situation. Without a doubt. And I almost wanted to, to take, you know, another overreaction, just like that Notre Dame was going to be out of the top 25 by the time the season was done. But, and that's only because I, because Kelly is going to just, he's going to kill, he's going to kill him. He's going to (laughs) execute all the players. They'll have no players left by the time the season. (laughs) What a nuts thing for a guy to say who like kind of has blood on his hands for like a student dying, you know, like that was just nuts. Absolutely crazy. Yeah. It was one of those, uh, it went over as well as a fart in church, as they will say. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. And I appreciate all of us kind of shying away from the obvious overreaction, but like, obviously we gotta, we gotta touch on our boys, you know, just, just, you know, everyone knows, obviously everyone knows Ju is a Spartan. I'm a Sparty. So is Chandler. So we have three Sparties on this show. So anybody from U of M who's listening, you know, apologies in advance, but I don't, I don't mean that. I don't mean any apology towards you whatsoever. We'll try to get some U of M guys on here just to have their voice on so we can, we can beat up on them, but there are three Sparties here and state goes into Northwestern uh, three point dog uh, Northwestern won, won their division last year and state just went in there and just absolutely punched him in the, punched him in the mouth, punched him in the mouth. And, uh, Kenneth Walker rushes for what, 274 and four tugs, you know, so the obvious overreaction was Michigan state, big 10 champs, Kenneth Walker, Heisman trophy winner. Yeah, that's a big, 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 big overreaction right there. I love the fact, don't get me wrong. I'm the biggest party Homer out there. I love the fact that they did what they did the went into Northwestern on the road in a place that, that is an eerie place to play. Cause it's such a shit stadium. Right. Yeah. Um, Ryan. Field. Yeah. It, it's terrible to play there. You don't get excited to play there, but Yuck. I, you know, I don't know. Is Northwestern just a bad team or is Michigan state a good team? What I did like, I love the fact that our offensive line were mauling people. I love the run game. We still have some improvements to make um, in the passing game. I like our run defense. The defensive line, linebacker play. I'm a little sketchy on the DBs right now, but we'll see. Right, and I agree with that, uh, Ju. And I think my biggest overreaction was the the D'Antonio Spartans are back. They were physical. They pounded the ball, like you said. They controlled the line of scrimmage. 
Um, it, it made me feel like it was 2014 again, that type of way Spartans uh, that went to the Rose Bowl. Um, so my biggest re overreaction in regards to MSU was the D'Antonio era Spartans are already back one year removed from D'Antonio leaving. Damn, how about Tucker dancing in the locker room there? That was how he was getting down. Yeah, I, want, I wanted to ask you about Tuck, J.U. I know uh, you've been skeptical of him, and I just worship the guy. So what did you think of Tuck? I thought Tuck had him going. You know, um, my point of view changed a lot this summer on Tucker. You know, he's done a lot of things for former players. He opened his house. You know, we were all there, you know, for dinner, drinks, had a casino night at his house. Oh, yeah, that'll get you. Yeah. So... <laughs> What's going on there? I have no clue. <laughs> we got some audio issues going on here. First episode back, we're just shaking off the rust. It's all good. Um, I do think Northwestern – what's going on? Jay's, Jay's watching cops. He's watching – absolutely watching cops. Wow. I just <laughs> threw everything off. Uh, in the background. Last note on MSU, uh, just with a grain of salt, I thought Northwestern's quarterback was – was was ass. I thought he was terrible. So that definitely helped with state winning the game. But let's put a bow on college football uh, right now. And the one thing we got to do to wrap this up, you know, a lot three gamblers here. We love betting on the games. You know, if you guys have been following on Instagram, you know personally, I'm doing a dogs only fall when it comes to college football. But each of us are going to give our lock of the weekend. So if you're here for the betting picks, here is we're just going to give one pick for our locks of the weekend. I'll lead it off. Dogs only summer, or sorry, not summer at all. Dogs only fall, only picking underdogs. And I'm actually, how Chandler came, I had two games written down here, but as strong as Chandler came in with Iowa winning the Big Ten, I am taking Iowa plus four and a half at Iowa State. I can't believe that's the line. Iowa's 10, Iowa State is number nine. Uh, I am just surprised at how big that line is. It actually kind of scares me. It makes me think Iowa State's going to blow them out. But it's too big of a line. I'm taking Iowa on the road, not too far from home, at Iowa State, plus four and a half. Dogs are barking. That's a lock. <laughs> Chandler, what do you got for your lock of the week? Well, we didn't, pre we didn't talk about that pre-show, everybody. Frank didn't know that I was going to say what I said. Uh, but my lock of the week is going to be in the same conference – with a different team. I'm going with the Ohio State Buckeyes at minus 14 right now. Kayvon Thibodeau banged up for Oregon going into the game. Oregon looked less than impressive in their first game last week at home against Fresno State, just squeaking one by. Um, Minnesota was jacked up last week, opening night, Thursday night game. Muhammad Ibrahim obviously got hurt, but he was torching Ohio State. But did you see what happened after halftime? Ohio State looked like the old Ohio State. C.J. Stroud looked comfortable, um, and Ohio State was honestly rolling and probably should have won by more than two touchdowns last week on the road. I'm going to take them in the shoe laying two touchdowns this week over Oregon, and I'm going to tell you it's going to be 45-20. to 20. Wow. A score prediction. I love it. <clears throat> mm -mm, that's taking an extra mile i'm gonna jump on the dog train with uh frank just for this week i'm not saying it's a it's a dog it's a dog fall like frank but this week i'm taking a dog i'm taking because this team i was impressed with last week even though they only played wagner but they put the beat down Ooh. on wagner <laughs> university at 
Buffalo going into Lincoln and taking on the Cornhuskers. The Cornhuskers are 13 and oh. a half point favorites, but I think University of Buffalo is going to, I got them uh, as, you know, UB plus 13 and a half. And I'm even taking the over of 54 and a half points on that game. Oh, wow. A little bonus. Yeah. Even, you know, just so I just really want Scott Frost to get fired. And I think this is going to be one of the, the games that helps do that. Is is it at Buffalo or where, where is the game? It's in Lincoln. It's okay. in Nebraska. You probably just said that. That's yeah. I love that pick. Nebraska. Yikes. They are they are ass. Like they've been ass. I don't know what's going on with them. They're wild. And I'm All telling right. you about University of Buffalo, just watch their offense. It's an explosive, explosive offense that they have. Is there, any, is there any hometown bias coming through, Frank, or is that just me? I think it's a little bit of bias. I mean, I don't think he's mad that they're from Buffalo, but I truly believe he believes in that pick. Oh, I yeah. Think, I think it's a little mix of both. As he's, what, are you, what are you drinking yeah. there? What do you got to like? What do you got there? A got a little, it's a little wine. You a little know? Shard? It's, Wednesday. it's Wednesday's Wine Wednesday. No, I hear you. I just want to know what it is. Is it a Chardonnay? Yeah, yeah it's a nice little shard. Good, good. The Trader Joe's. Cleaning Ooh. up my life, Frank. I'm cleaning up my life. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. All right. College football has been touched on. I love it. Great work. Uh, but now we got to get into the big dogs. The big dogs return this week. They return tomorrow. We're moving on to the NFL. Uh, you know, we think we were excited watching the Virginia Tech crowd, which was awesome. The pack stands, the college football, but I'm telling you, these pro stadiums, they're gonna they're gonna burn down this week. It is gonna be absolutely bonkers. And I couldn't couldn't be more excited for the NFL to start this weekend. Um, so I'm actually, boys, I am going to week one at Ford Field against my better judgment. I got my gigantic my gigantic 1990s Lions polo on right now. This is actually a medium. Looks like it's a triple X, but it's actually just a medium. This is how they wore them back in the day. Um, and I've decided I really want to go to this first game at Ford Field, you know, Sunday, uh, San Francisco. I really, I made this decision like six months ago when they, you know, when we, we figured, you know, COVID would be over, quote unquote, whatever you want to use the definition of that as. I just had to see the post-COVID Dan Campbell era game one Ford field. I think it's going to be absolutely bonkers and I'm not even going as much for the team to watch the lions. I just, the people watching, I think is going to just be out of this world. A lot of footage coming from downtown Detroit from the champagne account on Sunday. I can't wait to see that. Cause um, you know, I think it's going to be an electric um, atmosphere and I think what you're going to bring to it. And I, that's why I want to see the, the, the footage that comes from there. And hopefully you can, you know, maybe even get a couple, you know, on the spot interviews with some true lions fans, uh, you know, just see, I, I want to know what, type of you know feelings that people are going into the game with are they going in with optimism are they going in with like oh shit you know it's a football game i'm just you know glad that you know football's back with fans or are they like you know same old lions that's what i want to know what lions fans are truly feeling going into sunday's game all I'm really looking forward to and looking forward to seeing if you can capture it, Frank, is is there going to be a guy waving a skeleton in the end zone like there was pre-COVID? And is the guy with the motor on his head with the Super Bowl ring on top of that going to be attending the game? Or did COVID really just kill them? Did it wipe them out? Away from Ford Field. <laughs> I don't think I don't think 
at all. I don't think you're going to get, I don't think motorhead, uh, old silver face. If you guys know that guy, uh, lion's lady fucking lion's Dan or whatever his name is. I, I don't think any of those individuals, and this is just a guess. I don't know their beliefs. I don't know these people personally. I don't think COVID's keeping them away whatsoever. I think they're going to be, I think they're going to be there spending, you know, more on their lion season tickets than they do on their mortgage. And they're going to be there. They're going to be there front row going absolutely bonkers. And to JU's point, there's going to be, there's, there's going to be absolute blind nut jobs who don't realize that the Detroit Lions are, are you know, probably a five win team. They're going to, they're going to be there with their, with the, the helmets on and, or the Super Bowl rings on their head. You're going to see the Super Bowl jersey, you know, that everyone wears Super Bowl 53, Super Bowl 54, all of those. It's going to be nuts. It's going to be absolutely bonkers. It's going to be a shit show. And, and correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't they do some upgrades to the stadium too? I have no idea. I honestly have. Did they? I mean, the dungeon. I don't know if they spruced it up at all. What did, what did you? Did you guys hear any of that? I didn't know. I don't know. I think they spruced up the morgue a little bit, but I'm not sure. So when we originally, when we originally got tickets for this game, I'm going with another buddy of mine. I said I wanted to sit in the last row. I wanted to sit in row 300, or I was section 300 plus in the last row because that's where the true fans are, and because I wanted to see like 50 fights break out. But he talked me out of it. We're in we're in lower bowl, like last row. We're going to be gathering a lot of content. I really hope I run into old Silverface. I'll post the picture of old Silverface on Sunday. He's, uh, I swear to God, he painted his face with, with lead paint, with like lead metallic paint. He's, he's probably very sick. His teeth were like yellow. <laughs> and that Dan, I mean, Dan Campbell just alone is just going to feed right into that, that base. It's going to be nuts. Yeah. So what are your guys' quick predict- predictions for the Lions, Lions this year? I will go first. Um, my quick prediction is they're going to have a top three pick, if not the top pick, like many people are thinking. Um, my quick prediction is that looking at their roster, this may be the worst set of cornerbacks I've ever seen in the NFL. Um, if you look closely, the longest tenured NFL player as a cornerback on the Lions is two years, Mr. Jeff Okuda and Oruarie. I will get that down by the end of the year. I but, at, you know, at, at the end of the day, you know, I, I hate to put a damper on it. They're going to be terrible, and that's part <laughs> of the plan. Um, the Tigers did it two, three years ago. We're starting to see the fruits of those labor. But they have to get worse before they get better, and this is going to be the year that they bottom out. I, I would be absolutely thrilled if they got five wins – Although I don't want them to get more than three, so we can stay in contention for the number one pick. I like it, Jay. What are your thoughts on the Leos this year? Um, I'm excited about it. I, I like this team. I think uh, this is actually going to be a really fun team to watch. You know, Chandler, you you said it. You know, the on defense, the longest tenured guy. And on the corners there is two years. Um, but that's all part of the fun about it, the maturation process of them. Um, I, you know, I think their defense, I watched a couple of preseason games. They were stout in the run game. The defense shut down a lot of the, the opposing offenses run. Don't look at me like that, Frank. <laughs> I'm serious. They did a better job in the run game. Their pass, their pass game is still has some issues there. I really, really love this coaching staff that Campbell has surrounded himself with, starting with the OC, Anthony Lynn. 
Um, you know, A. Lynn, he's a guy, he's a proven winner. He won back-to-back Super Bowls as a player. Um, he was actually my coach with the Jets. Um, he got that running backs game there. Look what he did with uh, with um, Justin Herbert in, uh, in um, L.A. with the Chargers last year. And another guy on the coaching staff that I really like and respect, Deuce Staley. You know, another guy, you know, played in a Super Bowl, won one as a coach, comes over from Philly where they have proven again and again good run games there. I think he's going to get the best out of these uh, these running backs on Detroit's team. I think this offense is going to be shooting on all cylinders and it's going to be the run game is going to help uh, Jared Goff to take him back. Goff's going to play like he played when he led the Rams to the Super Bowl. Wow. Holy shit, a sterling endorsement. And I got to say, you two are really representing like my head and my heart. Uh, Chandler is my head and JU is my heart. And I tend to fall on the side of my heart and I want to believe in JU, but my head just keeps saying, what in the fuck can I lean on that makes me think anything that JU just said is going to happen? Uh so, hey, I don't think they're going to be good at all, but I hope that they play with heart. Like, I hope Dan Camp, I hope they just show that progress of fight in them. And I hope we get just, like, close games. Like, like even the O, like, I feel like the Owen 16 year, I mean, we, I don't want them to lose every single game, but, like, they were in, like, a ton of those games. You know, they, their average marginal loss was, you know, seven, eight, uh, whatever it is. So, honestly... I hate putting a, like a prediction on this thing because I'm really torn right down the middle. I'm not going to pick a record or anything, but I, I think we'll be picking top five. I think we'll be picking top five by the end of the year. And I hope I'm wrong. And I hope I eat those words to death. Um, but I do think, I think golf could have some success if the defense can, can stop anybody. Cause I, cause I think if, if he can stay protected, he can check down Charlie to Swift, to Hawk, to the slot man cutting across we can hold on to the ball for a while if we can run it and if we can check down because that's the only way we're going to win. If I Because I just don't see the defense really stopping anybody at all whatsoever. Mm, I I disagree with that. I, I think, hope. I think you're going to be – and Lions fans will be pleasantly surprised with the product that they see this season. Good. I hope you're right. I don't believe it at all, but I hope you're right. And they've never – and I – like really mean never ever given us a reason to believe anything good will happen ever never and ju how long have you lived in metro detroit it'll be two years in october jesus christ give yourself a couple more and you won't be using fun and excitement Mm -hmm. leading into a Lions season. Give yourself hey you 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 talk to bill's mafia all right the past 20 years, you know, like, you know, friends of mine that, you know, weren't even born yet the last time the Bills were in the playoff and everything like that. And they came back. Believe, believe, believe. This is the time the the tide, the tide turns for the Lions. And I'll be one of the front runners leading the charge for the Lions. You will hear me roar. Oh, once Jesus Christ. You see what's coming out. Jesus Christ. All I right. might. I, listen to this. What? Both of you guys are wrong. You're saying they're going to pick in the top three. You're both dead-ass wrong. Five. I said five. I will even – yeah, top five. Yeah. Big I difference. will even get a Lions jersey when they're making the playoff push. Good. You'll buy me one? No, I'll get myself one. Come on. Buy me one too. 
And you know how much I hate jerseys. <laughs> He's going to yeah. buy a Super Bowl 54 jersey. <laughs> <laughs> I got to pull up that picture. I got the guy with the Super Bowl in the back. Um, all right, let's put a bow on the Lions. Uh, and let's move into the NFL. One, one last note I will make here. One last note. I'm going to – well, yeah, I'm going to just say this. We're going to do NFL picks by the end of this segment. But I'm not going to – fuck it. You know what? I'm going to hold off on that. I'm going to fucking hold off on that. Uh, what are you going to say, J.O.? I was going to give my Lions bold prediction. Oh, okay. Yeah, give her a Lions bold. I'm sorry. Yeah, I got I got the bold takes coming up here. Go, give me your Lions bold prediction. I'll get a Lions my bold, bold prediction. prediction for the Lions is they're going to make the playoffs Holy and shit. D Swift will be a Pro Bowl running back. Holy shit. That's That should have been in the overreaction section. No, that's not overreacting at all. Yeah, because you're not reacting to anything. You're just, right. you're just I'm putting that out there. Coming. I'm foreseeing what's coming. Jesus Christ. My bold prediction for the Lions was that they were going to cover week one. That was That's it, because it's an eight-point spread, and you have a West Coast team coming to the East Coast playing at one o'clock, and they hardly ever cover that. I think they're going to cover it, and then San Fran's going to switch Garoppolo out. Like That's that's my bold prediction for the Lions, that they cover. They lose by like four, but they're going to cover. My bold prediction, if you want one for the Lions, I hate their defense, but – I think Trey Flowers is going to have a Pro Bowl season. Moving to outside linebacker, 3-4. My bold prediction, Trey Flowers in the Pro Bowl this year is one of the only shining bright spots on that defense. And that's because, like, four other people can't make the Pro Bowl. I'm assuming. Him and Swift will ride right. together. Right. <laughs> it's like the year Derek Carr made the Pro Bowl. All right. I love it. And I also hate it. And I'm, like, getting anxiety thinking about the Lions. And I'm also, like – I try to go to one Lions game a year, and th- this one is just like the one you should go to because it only gets worse as the season goes on. And I just – and like, you know, there's there's times I go to a game when the Lions are just falling under 500. You know, it's like week eight, and I'm just thinking about how I could be on the couch watching Red Zone, and I'm missing all the games. So week one I figured was the best one to go to because it would be the most exciting. But I am, I am bummed I'm going to be missing some of those early games, especially uh, – what am I trying to say here? Oh, Steelers Bills. I think I'm I'm really bummed that's the same time slot um, as the uh, as the Lions game. But all right, let's move into the NFL in general. Uh, you know, bold predictions, thoughts for the upcoming season. What do you guys got, Chandler? What, do you, what do you, what's on your mind? Well, my first bold prediction, and it kind of got watered down over this last week and a half because of injuries. But I'm going to give you another one now because of that. But my first bold prediction is. The Ravens will not make the playoffs this year. They've made the playoffs the last two years. I do not believe they're going to make the playoffs this year. Remember that for later in this segment. And um, my other bold prediction is the other team from New York. No, not the Jets. The Giants will make the playoffs this year behind the leadership of Danny Dimes and a huge comeback year from Saquon Barkley. So Ravens out, Giants into the playoffs this year. Oh my God. Um, yeah, I, the first one, I don't mind. I don't mind the Ravens not making the playoffs. I don't mind it. I don't know if I agree with it, but the, the Giants one, I just, I, I, I hate it. I hate that. I hate that thought that just came out of your head. <laughs> I, I hate that you're thinking that way. I hate the fucking Giants. I hate them. I had to level up with JU saying that the, the Lions were going to make the playoffs. I had to stick my neck out too. So <laughs> go, Giants, go. You're both going to, you're going to tear something in your necks. That's how far you're going out with these. That's insanity. That's insanity. 
I hate the Giants. I hate the Giants so fucking much. I think Joe Judge is Matt Patricia part two, loser. And then they have the biggest loser in the NFL on their team in Kenny Galladay. That guy can't figure out his hip, and he's such a fucking liar. He's going to be so bad this year. I And a Danny Dimes stinks. I just up and down Chandler. Just don't like it at all. Lay some money on him, see what happens. You know, throw a little nibble, and maybe you'll get something in return. <laughs> Are they winning that division? Uh, I believe that Washington will win the division yes. with the Giants making a wild card spot. Jay, you're shaking your head. What do you got? The, the, the Giant, he, he's just <laughs> – He's on I crack. Know, I don't know if this Smoke is crack. first show jitters for Chandler or what. He's just talking out his ass. I think he smoked uh, crack. Yeah. Um, well, my bold prediction is um, Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to lead the, the Redskins. They're going to win that division, the NFC East. They're going to win that division, make a run in the playoffs. Um, another prediction, Dallas Cowboys will not make the playoffs again. And um, the biggest one? The Buffalo Bills are going to the Super Bowl. Let's fucking go. I can get behind that one all day. Bills Mafia, baby. I mean, yeah, we all got to pick our secondary teams. Well, me and Chandler do at least by the time um, we get there. So here I got a couple I got a couple bold takes, and I don't even know if they're that bold. You guys might just laugh at me. Actually, I don't know. They're pretty good. So I got bold take. I think the Eagles. I think the Eagles are going to be the worst team in the NFL. I think they have the worst record. Everyone's talking Houston. Everyone's talking Detroit. I don't know if the Eagles scored in the preseason. I just I just have this sneaky feeling they're just going to be ass. Like, I just think they're going to absolutely be ass. So I got the Eagles as the worst team in the NFL. That's my bold take. I got the Steelers winning the AFC North, which no one thinks they'll do. It sounds stupid to say that's a bold take that the Steelers are in the NFC North, but everyone's kind of looking down on it. It goes, kind of goes Browns, Ravens, Steelers. But I feel like those are the years that you just get that, like, historic team that has always been there that wins it. And then another one, which is going to sound exactly like what I just said, but I got the Seahawks winning the NFC West. Uh, and I know it's a very unpopular opinion, but I just, the Rams and San Fran have just been way too hyped. Like I'm just, I think I got a little chip on my shoulder with the whole everyone loving Stafford in LA. You know, I do wish him the best, but some of their, that stuff is like, is wearing on me. I just, I can't look at it how like they're making him out to be the greatest quarterback in the world when, He's been here 12 years. I am so excited to find out if he is legitimate and it has been everything around him all these years, or if he is missing that it factor that gets him to the next level. I am so excited for that storyline in the NFL to find that one out. Are you starting to lose your love for Stafford? You know, I don't want to answer yes, but I think I would be lying if I said no. I think it's more of like a, a jealousy. I'm just fucking annoyed with it because it's he's so cool now. He's like on the face of everything you see with the NFL. And it's, you know, it's just once again, Detroit getting shit on. And it's like golf moves from L.A. to Detroit to go to some poverty franchise. I'm just sick of getting shit on. I'm just I just have like Napoleon chip on my shoulder syndrome. And I'm just kind of pissed off. And, it, you know, I want to say, like, I wish them the best. I hope they do great. But then I'm also like, I don't know. If they suck, we get really high draft picks. So so hypothetically speaking, Frank, if the Rams are in the Super Bowl against your Steelers, who are you rooting for? Uh, I who, If they're that far already, if they're already that far, I'm rooting for the I'm, – I'm rooting for the Rams. If they're that far already. It's kind of like you know, if, it's, if it's like a wild card game – you know, I think that's almost a little different, but I think if they're that far 
And it honestly depends on what Najee Harris is doing. I got a lot of stock in that guy this year, and I think he's going to be so cash. So if he's super cash, it might be tough. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll follow it throughout the year. But, hey, let's wrap up our NFL. I know we're all super excited for the week. I mean, who, how, how couldn't you be? Holy shit, football's back, and it's the crowds are back, and it's just like we're back. Didn't realize how much we missed it. But let's – the way we're going to do this, everyone, team, this is our betting corner here. Each one of us have picked two locks of the week. That could be anywhere from uh, – Thursday all the way through Monday, even though we're going to give you individual picks on Thursday and Monday on the Instagram story. Just keep an eye on that. But we each got two locks here. Then Chandler is going to give us a game, and he'll kind of walk us through how that works. But let's start with um, our two picks. We'll each do one. We'll go in a circle. Does anyone want to lead off? Who wants it? I'll take it. There it is. Uh, Who's your lock of the week? My first lock of the week is Dolphins plus three over the Pats. Interesting. Where's that game at? In New England. Ooh. Any thoughts on that? Just just cause you think quarterback moved too late, or you just gotta you gotta um, good, you just that's it. You just that's I it. like I like the Dolphins defense. I love what they did there. I love that they upgraded their wide receiver core. Um that is what I'm really interested in seeing what comes of that. They have a lot of speed service receivers and great route runners as well. Love it. You know, Ju, you got to get him the ball, and I don't know if you saw today. Tua was not named the captain, so is there any hesitancy um, in your pick now that you know that? Connor Cook was not named the captain the year they won the Rose Bowl either. Holy shit! Oh, Holy is- shit! Talk about a clapback! <laughs> All right, while you both cool off, my lock of the week on Sunday. On Sunday. Uh, I got to pick which one I want to use here because if one of you guys take it, I don't want to repeat. Um, I'm going to say my lock. Might as well just – I'm going to lean into what I've been doing. Steelers, Steelers plus six and a half at the Bills. think the Bills – actually, I don't know if the Bills win. I think the Bills win that game. I just think six and a half is way too many points. I think that's a four-point, a three-point game. That's too many points to give the Steelers. If that thing jumps to seven, jump all the fuck over it. But I got Steelers – uh, plus six and a half at, at, uh, bills. I like it. I like it. All right. Well, I'm going to take one here. Um, I know we all talked about them, uh, in the lead up here and in our bold prediction, uh, my first lock of the week, the Washington football team, uh, pick them at home against the Los Angeles chargers. Anytime you go from the West coast to the East coast, feels like a 10 o'clock game for the West coast team. I think the Redskins are one of the three best teams in the NFC. I think Fitzmagic does wonders for that team. Um, and I believe that they are going to win by double digits and that they are going to hold the Chargers to under 17 points this week. I love it. That was my backup pick. And actually, Barstool has them. The Barstool betting app has them at plus one. Sweet okay. Jesus. I already took them. Like that was, so I was, I was debating whether to do my Steelers pick or Washington football team. I'm glad you got, I mean, I'm all over that. I'm all for the football team. JU, you're back up. My backup this one here. You're going to make fun of me. Of course um, I am. Because of this and because uh, my love for this team, but I'm going with the bears plus seven and a half Whoa. at the Rams. Oh man. You know, Fuck the Bears. Fuck your love for the Bears. I don't care that you got a boner when you played at Soldier Field. Whatever. I don't give a shit. 
I do agree with that pick, though. That I mean, I just oh, uh, really? it's too many points, and they're hype. They're just the 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 suck fest on the Rams this offseason. It's just something's gonna go wrong. There's too much love for them. There's too much love for them to, for it to go that right, and that's too many points. So I agree. With, I agree with the Bears pick. I do. You know what, Ju? I agree with both of you guys. I think wow. the cover as well. That was my cheap shark bet of the week. That's now going to be changed. 80% of the money per action.com today is on the Rams. When there's that much money on the Rams, remember one thing, Vegas never loses. Bears plus seven and a half. I like it, J.U. Wow. Yes, that's true. You guys are trying to make me feel like I'm a genius here. No, we're not trying to do that. You got your orange on, though. You're turn, trying to turn it into a Bears podcast. <laughs> All right, my so we got Bears plus okay. So you know, should use my head here, but we're gonna go with my heart. I'm wearing the pole. I'm going to the game. I gotta do it. I gotta do it. Lions plus eight. They're gonna cover. They're gonna lose that game by four to six points, maybe three last second field goal, some dumb safety, some rule we've never heard of. They're gonna lose that game in front of everybody in heartbreaking fashion, but it's not gonna be by eight points. Lions are gonna cover that eight points at home. That is my heart talking, not my head. Lions cover plus eight. At home versus a West Coast I team. Love it. Love it. Love it. This polo is so big. <laughs> Smart pick, Frank. Smart pick. All right. I uh, We talked briefly about it yesterday over some sodas. When I said it, Jay, you almost threw me out of the bar. But I am going to go with the Raiders. Plus four and a half at home, opening the Death Star in front of all their fans for the first game at full capacity. I said earlier in the podcast – I think the Ravens have a down year. My dad told me two things growing up. He said there's two types of people in this world, those who do and those who criticize people that do. And his other thing was always take a Monday night football home underdog. So <laughs> with that, dad, this one's for you. Wow. Monday night home underdog, Raiders plus four and a half at home against the Ravens. Nuts. Nuts turn of events. I just want to say if – so I have Washington football team as a plus one, but either way, even if they're a pick them, all of us took dogs, six dogs in the pit, barking, everything, craziness, dolphins plus three, bears, seven and a half football team, pick them Raiders plus four and a half Steelers plus six and a half lions plus eight. And now we're going to move into the last pick. We're all going to pick the same game. It's the sheep shark bet Chandler explain that to us a little bit. Yeah, so what we're going to look at, uh, peraction.com, we obviously know this podcast is facts only. And facts only that, podcast. <laughs> we are um, going to take a look at the second most lopsided game as far as money goes this week. So with that, most money is on the Packers minus four and a half this week. Just around 75% of the money bet on that game is on the Packers minus four and a half. At, I'm not even going to say New Orleans. It's actually in Jacksonville because of Hurricane Ida. So the premise of this game, are you a sheep? Are you going to follow the crowd and go with 75% of the money? Or are you a shark? And are you going to go against the grain and take the Saints plus four and a half at home? J.U., are you a sheep this week or are you a shark? Well, I love the some of the moves. Aaron Rodgers is back. You know, he's ready to go. He's focused on 
on football. He let his man bun down. They brought back Randall Cobb, one of my favorite slot receivers of all time. Um, I really think the Packers are going to do great this year. But I got to go with my boy, Jameis Winston, eating dubs. I'm a shark this week, baby. <laughs> he pulled a little Lee Corso there. He did. He, <laughs> not so fast. Yes, I'm a shark this week. Put him up. Da, 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 there it da, is. Da. <laughs> This is tough. This is a tough one. When Jameis Winston ate that W, I thought he'd never play another game in the NFL. <laughs> that was it for me. I was like, well, he's he's done. That's the one. That's a W. How many people want to eat a W tonight? Have you seen the videos of him in this offseason? He sounds like a completely different individual. It's insane. I swear uh, he just had like an etiquette class with, with Drew Brees before the season. Definitely. J.U., everything you said, spot on. I think Green Bay is going to have a killer year. Uh, but four and a half, first week in Jacksonville. And we don't, I don't think Green Bay, you know, their defense has never been that stout, and they don't know what to how to prepare for this, this offense. I don't know what we're going to see. We're going to see a lot of Jameis Winston, who we haven't seen in a while. Taysom Hill is going to be in there, how they're going to use Kamara. Like, I don't know. So I think I'm with you. I'm going to go Shark, Saints four and a half. Right. Well, I didn't want to break the trend. We had six underdogs in our own picks. Um, and I'm going to go with the underdog here as well. Wow. Saints plus four and a half. Everything just seems too easy. And when it's too easy, it is that easy to pick the other team. Hurricane Ida, new quarterback. They just cut Lat Murray, no Michael Thomas, and they're only getting four and a half against a team that probably should have went to the Super Bowl last year. When it's off, when it seems off, it usually is off. I'm with you guys. I'm going Shark this week, and I'm going Saints plus four and a half in Jacksonville. You heard it here first. Everyone's ready for week one. Keep an eye on the Instagram stories for a recap of all the picks. And then for the Thursday nights and the Monday nights, we're not going to leave you hanging because how could we? Going to be some good games. Can't wait for it. Can't wait for the NFL. All right. Nice work, team. Moving on. Moving on. Next segment. Guys, I said there's going to be more segments this time around. We're trying some new things out. And the next segment I want to work on here, or the next we want to try out, it's, uh, it's called Simple Questions, Complex Answers. Now, we're going to rotate throughout the weeks. Who asked the simple question? Um, it's very simple. It's a very simple concept. This week, I will ask a very, very simple question. And I believe there'll be some different takes on it, some different views at it. It'll be a more complex answer than the question sounds. So this week, for simple question, complex answers. Guys, is is wrestling a sport? Like Smack? Like WWE. A sm WWE SmackDown, of course, like the Olympic shit where they're, you know, humping each other with the headsets on like that's that's a sport. <laughs> I'm talking about the SmackDown, the Rock, the Stone Colds. I don't know who's in it anymore, but is that stuff? Is that a sport? Is that a sport? Who's leading off here? You, I'll let you start. Wow. Touchy. Sorry, <laughs> you can feel the tension in here. So you asked the question, is wrestling a sport? And I asked back, 
is gymnastics a sport? Chandler, you have a wrestling name. Chandler Nash, Kevin Nash. You know, that's a wrestling name. Hell yeah, wrestling's a sport. Oh, Jesus. He has a belt. Hell yeah, wrestling's a sport. Um, it's, it's, yes, is it predetermined? Yes, it's, you understand who's going to, but you have to be athletic. You got a guy who played for, who was an Olympic wrestler, won the gold medal in Olympics, and came in and made his hay in WWE and Kurt Angle. You got a guy who was a great All-American wrestler at, at uh, University of Minnesota, played for the Vikings, came and made his mark in WWE in Brock Lesnar. You know, you got a ton of guys. WWE sends guys, sends scouts to, to college pro days, to the combines, to get these guys because they're pure athletes. They're in there. They're fighting each other. They're being physical. A chair shot is not something that's fake. That ring is not a trampoline. You fall in the first time I was slammed in a ring, every ounce of air came out of my body. Yes, it's a sport. It's still real to me, damn it! Before I get to mine, Frank, I want to touch on it. When did you get slammed in a ring, J.U.? I used to take some wrestling classes back in California uh, with uh, Rikishi and Gangrel, those guys. <laughs> I want everyone to know uh, that J.U. has his, his the championship belt out. That's what he was banging on earlier. Uh, he's, he's got a full, full wrestling belt out. He's very passionate about this. And gave a riveting argument there. Uh, Chandler, I see you waiting in the wing. What are you, what are you thinking? Gosh, you know what, J.U., with all due respect, these guys are tough as nails. Yes, taking a chair shot is real, but you hit the nail on the head. Predetermined. Yeah. No sport is ever predetermined. So when you said, what's the difference between wrestling and gymnastics? Well, unless there's a Russian judge on the panel, it's not predetermined. Okay. So with that, you say, well, why isn't it a sport? You already know the result. They already know what the end score. You don't know the result. The people who are creating it's theater. It's theater. Exactly. It's theater. It is exactly what Frank just said. It is the most violent form of theater. Theater. But I ask you, Ju, is a stunt man a sport yeah. doing stunts? It's really not. It's not. Is Fast Nine a sport? No, it's not. So okay, I ask you this. Yeah. Can you bet on on football? Yes. yes. Can you bet on baseball? Yes. Can you bet on hockey? Yes. yes. You can also bet on wrestling. You can? Yes, you can. You, every pay-per-view it's out you there. You can also you can also bet on presidential elections. Is that a sport? Right. A debate's a sport. Is you bet on the base off the debates. That's debates insanity. Okay, we're going to reel this back in real quick. J.U., me and some of my buddies bet on, on two flies humping each other on the wall, and that's not a sport. So the betting argument on something, I don't buy it. But I will say, are they athletic? Yes. But what is wrestling a stepping stone for? A career in acting, which is exactly what wrestling is. Yeah. No. Peter and acting. Yeah. The Rock John Cena, Stone Cold, Roman Reigns, they all knew what their end game was. It wasn't to be a professional athlete. The Bellas. Yes, it was to be a Hollywood star, and they got their theater beginning in a predetermined match, wrestling around in their whitey tighties and high boots. No one's saying, no one's saying they're not, these aren't 
athletic specimens who fall and tumble and put on a great show. South Park does an entire episode where it's it's theater. It's done in a theater and they have like the binoculars looking from a distance. And I just think it's absolute theater because it's not real. It's not genuine. I mean, yeah, sometimes they get they hit with chairs and they bounce off the mat, but it's all planned and determined. And it's 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 not true sport. It's not competition. It's not one guy trying to beat another guy. Uh, it's sports entertainment. That's that's a little more accurate. It's entertainment sports. I don't. I almost sports entertainment. Yeah, it's got like the idea of sports around it. You know, just because they're like in good shape doesn't mean it's a sport. You know, if Barry Sanders is pissing next to Walter Payton, that's not a sport. They're just two formerly athletic guys pissing. You ask. You send me any any athlete, anybody that can make anything into a sport. You want to piss next to someone who pisses the most, who pisses the fastest. That's a sport. Yeah, we you wouldn't know the, the freaking, outcome wouldn't be predetermined. Who, yeah, ask that to Evander <laughs> Kane. Did he go rogue? Did he go against the script? Did he do improv? Oh, he, he's he's betting. He's betting, you know. Ask that to tell that to Pete Rose. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where we are anymore. I think it's theater. Chandler thinks it's theater. J.U. thinks it's the greatest sport of all time. That debate will never be settled, and it will go on uh, forever. It'll go on forever. Frank, I want you to make a note real quick before you move on. Can we touch on later in the season the Rikishi experience with J.U.? I want to hear a little bit more about that and hear about what what happened and what what he did in his WWE training days. Yeah, I would love to. Yeah, let's go. Were you wearing makeup? Were, when you were no, do they wear makeup out there? They have to wear makeup. Are they wearing makeup? They wear makeup. That's, that's gotta they wear makeup. Yeah, they oh, I mean, Sting had some makeup on, right? I mean, come on, it's face paint some guys have. It's makeup, um, <laughs> it's the same paint as your lion sky, silver, silver guy, yeah, the metallic yeah. silver, yeah, red face paint. <laughs> All right, we had a few more segments planned. We are going to move on. We're going to pass those up because time-wise, we are running up on our numbers here. And we got to get into everyone's favorite part of the show, the staple that's been here since day one, and that is over-under. We got three guys now, so might be a little longer. We'll tighten up our answers. But if this, if this is your first time ever listening, or if you've heard it again, I'll just give you the intro to over-under. Over-under is essentially just a list that is sent to me by my buddy Jerry. Jerry lives in Cleveland. I have called Jerry overweight, probably uh, probably, probably unfairly called him overweight, but it is fun to think of him as a fat accountant from Cleveland who sends me this list, and he loyally does it. He's done it you know, 60-plus weeks for the Fizz, and he has once again taken over his duty and sent me a list today amongst his very busy, very busy accountant lifestyle in Cleveland. So I've never seen this list. J.U. hasn't seen it. Chandler hasn't seen it. He sends me items, uh, person, place, people, things, ideas, things that are going on. Uh, and then we say if that thing is over or underrated. So I'll read the first one. I'll start. Then we'll go Chandler, J.U., and then we'll snake it. And J.U. will lead off, then Chandler, then me. So first on the list, Jerry always opens the email with LGRW. Let's go Red Wings. We appreciate you, Jerry, for doing this. This is the first over-under of the return of the Fizz for the 2001-2022 season. Number one on the list, Kanye West. This could very well be uh, simple questions, complex answers, I feel like. I love Kanye West. 
I do feel like some of the stuff he does is overhyped. I know there's people probably listening to that first track on Donda, 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 and they're like, this is sick. That's not sick. That's just, it's not cool. But I forever love Kanye. I think he's a, you know, a lyrical genius, a wordsmith, all that shit. Graduation was one of my favorite albums ever. Kanye West, underrated. I couldn't agree more with you, Frank. You kind of stole the words out of my mouth. Underrated for Kanye West. One of the better rappers of our time. Graduation is an all-time album. And, and he's a genius. He might be a mad scientist, but he is an absolute genius who is able to not only produce good music, not only write good music, but somehow he's always in the headlines doing something absolutely fucking nuts. <laughs> and it comes off cool. So Kanye West is underrated. Mm, mm, mm. J-Bay-Bay. Yeah, uh, I said Kanye West is overrated. I liked his... Uh first two albums uh you know i thought yeah boom this guy's a lyrical genius i like him and then he just went off the deep end started doing these crazy stuff when he decided he was going to run for president and look into his listening to his debates and his town halls the guys obviously has something some chemical imbalance there uh but musically i think he's overrated wow all right you heard it ju you're up number two Karate, karate, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm so <laughs> I'm so glad Jerry's back. Welcome back, Jerry. I, I know what a good uh, one. What a good one. Okay. You. Um, I think karate's uh, overrated. I think it's a sport for losers um, <laughs> who have um, identity issues and character issues and all that stuff. And you know, I think it's it's stupid. Um, it's yeah, definitely overrated. All right. <laughs> I don't know why I just thought that was so funny. You just called it stupid like three times. All right, Chandler, you're up. With that response, was Jay, you talking about pro wrestling or karate? Oh, my <laughs> God. Oh, my God. Karate is underrated. Holy shit. And why I'm going to say it's underrated is because martial arts is the fighting technique of this time. Every UFC fighter is in some form of martial arts and or karate. And with that, I mean, you're the biggest badass right now if you know these karate and or martial arts techniques. These are the best fighters in the world. And guess what? They might have started out as karate kid. So with that, a little weird of a crowd, I think. I I don't hang out with any karate people or or per se know any karate people. I I don't want to say I hate karate people, but I don't personally know many karate people. But with that, as a skill, karate is underrated. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm sure the people who have mastered karate, you know, fucking Razal Ghouls of the world, like those are very cool individuals, the UFC fighters, but the general populace of the karate crowd, I think of little kids with their purple belts and their blue belts, and I don't know what the fuck they mean. I'm just like, that's nice. You do karate, which means you'll never play a varsity sport. You know, I, that's just kind of where I'm at with karate kids. And I don't think you're going to offend anyone here, Chandler. I don't think anyone's going to roll up on you. I don't think there's a lot of karate listeners out there. Karate's <laughs> overrated. I'm with JU. Stop doing fucking karate. Throw a ball. Go whack a ball. Kick one. Stop by yawn. I don't know. I don't know. And I'm not a big UFC guy. I really don't. You know, I just, it's fucking, it's insane. It's savagery. Karate's overrated. Uh, number three, I'm up. Snake draft. Frozen pizza. Pizza's never overrated. It never is. I'm not a picky eater. I love pizza almost in all shapes and sizes. Sure, there's better pizzas than other pizzas. 
but love frozen pizza. Always, always got to have a frozen pizza in the, in the, in the fridge, in the freezer for emergencies or just whatever. Always got to have a frozen pizza underrated. Love pizza. Gosh, I agree. I keep going underrated, but frozen pizza is underrated. You know what? Sometimes when you have pizza, you kind of want to not have the best or gourmet. You kind of want to have shitty pizza some nights when you're hungover or whatnot. So with that, I love me a good frozen pizza and uh, those Stouffer's French bread. Ooh, I'll put that up against a lot of things in the Nash household. Give me underrated on frozen pizza. Uh, there's nothing better than coming home at uh, two in the morning from the Elks Lodge, you know, coming back, sitting back, popping open a nice jar of moonshine, <laughs> sipping a couple, and you know that you got a frozen pizza in the oven. You know, that's going to be, that bell's going to ding in 22 minutes. That crust is going to be nicely crispy, the cheese just flowing over. And of course, you're always going to do it. You're always going to burn the shit out the roof of your mouth. Frozen pizza, underrated in the Kalkrick household. And you've truly never been shit-faced until you or one of your roommates has put in a frozen pizza <laughs> and you all fall asleep. And then you wake up and go, holy shit, we almost burnt the house down. Thank God we didn't. Exactly. Um, that's, that's the East Lansing special. Um, all right. Number four. Um, I let off. So Jay's up. Number four, Elon Musk. Elon Musk. Elon Musk. I, I felt like we did this a while back when uh, before, when Jerry was on strike. Um, Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, I, I think Elon Musk is underrated. I love the dude. Um, I think he's very innovative. Um, and, uh, you know, he it, it just shows that you don't have to be the perfect type or anything like that to be a successful person. Obviously he's not. I know I'm getting a little sent Frank's looking up like, what the fuck are you talking about, Jay? But I know <laughs> I love the guy, love his leather coat. And I just think go off a, King. He has a weird look to him. And I just, I just love it. And uh, I think Elon Musk is underrated. You know what? I, I hate, I hate that. I'm just agreeing with you guys, but I agree 100% underrated. Elon Musk came from humble beginnings he wasn't given anything. What a lot of people don't know is Elon Musk helped create PayPal. Is Tesla even his best invention? I mean, the guy helped create PayPal. Hot take. That off before maybe he could even have a legal drink. It was right around that time. So Elon Musk, he tweets something out and a cryptocurrency will go up 20%. Who else in this world can do that? Only few men can do that. And one of them is Elon Musk. And now that crazy fucker is going to go out into space. I mean, Elon Musk is way underrated. Fuck yeah. Uh, to both of you. I, I don't know that much about it. I mean, I obviously know Elon Musk and other things he does. I don't have that passionate of opinion, but I think it'd be asinine for the guy in the oversized polo recording this podcast to call the, the guy, the inventor of Tesla and PayPal and all that stuff over overrated. That just sounds ignorant just sounds dumb um so i'm gonna go underrated and just the meme of him smoking weed uh is very funny to me and also you guys should look up what his mom looks like she looks like evil futuristic corella deville just fun internet stuff for you guys i'm gonna go underrated as well especially after those two i afraid you two will come after me if i go against elon a lot of elon didn't know we were an elon podcast that's good oh god i'm up um number five jake paul I 
I like physically can't look at a, a picture of the guy. Um, I, I'm just going to say it overrated. Like this guy stinks. I think he's probably a marketing genius and like an internet genius. And he knows how to make a lot of money. I just don't, I can't stand the look of him. I can't give him the time of day uh, just cause I, I just don't really like him. I don't like his face. I don't like his boxing stuff. I don't, and I, I don't even know if that's the YouTube guy or the boxer, the Pauls. I just don't really deal with overrated. All right. I'm going to go continue my underrated trend for my fifth straight underrated. <laughs> and I'm going to say Jake Paul is underrated. You touched on it, Frank. Um, the guy can pull in audiences and he's a boxing hack. How is he the most prized boxing fight of the year? Sickening. And the guy's been boxing for three professional bouts. I mean, he, he's an absolute genius when it comes to promotions, when it comes to marketing. Yes, he's arrogant. Yes, he's a douchebag. Yes, a lot of people don't like him, but that doesn't mean what he does and accomplishes isn't underrated for his stature. So I'm going to go, Jake Paul is underrated, although he's a douchebag. Probably a karate guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, I... I... Jake Paul, back where I come from, they'll probably call him a cocksock. Um, and uh, that's unique. He's a, he's a dude, his, his boxing fights, if you want to call them boxing fights, they're just as predetermined as a WWE uh, main event. Um, you know, I, I don't think he has any place in the, in the ring. He's uh, diminishing the guys who actually work their asses off to be professional boxers by some, you know, as they say, a cocksock just went, hey, look at me. I want to jump in the ring, talk shit, and, you know, run around overrated i don't care for him yeah fuck him uh no (laughs) (laughs) such an interesting term from where you're from um number six uh back to you ju apple cider chandler chandler we can leave it yeah let's get off of chandler fuck it apple cider chandler oh man this is a a soft spot for me oh wow apple cider is overrated that wow. drink stinks <laughs> with captains. It still stinks. It's thick. It's appley. I don't love it. I want my donuts with milk or I want them with an ice cold water or maybe give me some ice cream on the side. I don't want it with some thick ass, nasty apple cider. And no, captains does not make apple cider better or heating it up on the stove or whatever the fuck the people that drink it do. Apple cider is over. Jesus, apple donuts with water. Jesus, yeah, yeah. eviscerated <laughs> apple cider. Yeah. Absolutely <laughs> eviscerated apple yeah. cider. A Michigan yeah. fall staple. Just went yeah, you know, back uh, in um, in West New York and stuff. We don't really do much apple. I didn't really learn much about apple cider until I came to to uh, college at Michigan State, and it is yeah. the whitest girl thing. It's the whitest people thing yeah. you could do on a crisp fall day. The girls throw their UGG boots on and their Lululemon pants and North Faces, yeah. North Face jackets, and they go to Uncle John's Cider Mill and uh, do that in hay rides and everything. But with that being said, underrated. Love it. <laughs> Love a good cider, love white people activities. <laughs> yeah, you know, Ju, you've talked about it quite a bit uh, in the past on this podcast, and it gives me the the warm and fuzzies. The it, fuzzies, it does. It gives me that like I'm a white guy, loves fall, loves loves the cider. Warm it up. Love the captains. Reminds me of the hayrides. I love all that shit. Love it with my donuts. 
Love going to Blake Cider Mill. I'm a fall slappy. I'm a basic white bitch when it comes to fall. Don't care. Shameless about it. Drown me in cider. Soon as it's November 1st, I'm all set. You know, it's just, but I love, I love cider for when it's October and you go to the cider mill. You know, we buy a gallon every year that we go, uh, drink fucking one eighth of it and throw it away. It's not because we don't like it though. It's just, that's what you do. No one's drinking a gallon of the shit. And I like it with, I like it with captains a lot. So underrated for me, apple cider. Number seven, number seven, this is probably a quick one. Fantasy football, fantasy football. I'm just going to lead off. It's, it's underrated. I love fantasy football, especially if you do a live draft and you have a good group that you do it with and you get really excited. It's fucking hard not to obsess over personally. Love fantasy football underrated. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think fantasy football has drawn more casual viewers to football games because a lot of people you talk to, they don't have favorite teams or anything like that. They just have favorite players because these guys are on their fantasy teams. Fantasy football underrated for me. Uh, I'm going to go uh, against you guys on this one. If you had asked me three years ago, I probably would have agreed with you. Wow. But with the emergence of daily fantasy sports, with the emergence of sports betting, Fantasy football just takes up too much damn time. I don't want to sit on the waiver wire, try to beat the guy out at four in the morning on Wednesday because he's trying to get the hot free agent. Just let me pick my new team every week. My allegiance is going to be to a matchup, not a player. And honestly, I'd rather live bet and throw more action in that way. So give me overrated on fantasy football. Um, not daily fantasy sports though. Wow. Surprise answer there. I was surprised by that. Um, all right, moving on Chandler, you're going to lead this one off. Number eight, scary movies, scary movies to me, scary movies are overrated. I do not want to pay to get scared. That's not my idea of fun. I don't want to be sitting up sweating be looking behind a pillow or whatnot. Scary movies just aren't my thing because then what happens after they're done? You're looking around your house. You think something's going to happen. I just, I don't want to pay for anxiety. I already got enough anxiety in my life. Give me overrated on scary movies. Anxiety is the fuel that keeps, keeps this engine burning over here. So sign me up for a scary movie any day of the week. I just told you I'm an October basic bitch. Um, I think my wife wishes she was like a witch or like a demon. I think she wishes the house was haunted. Like that's how much she's into scary stuff. I kind of like scary stuff when I met her. And now I'm just, you know, I'm full blown. Like she's going to Salem for Halloween. She's going to like where the witch trials were to like, you know, do a seance or some shit. So that's like where our fucked up family's at. So I, I love scary movies. Um, I like good scary movies, the shitty ones. You know, I feel like it's, it's few and far between you find an actual good one, but I do like scary movies, uh, underrated, uh, scary. I'm just, I'm just sick of seeing our people dying. Every scary movie, the black guy dies first and everything. So it's overrated for me. Yeah. Black guy does go pretty quick. And you know, it's just like, it's such a, it's such a, uh, like a stereotype of them and they just keep doing it. I don't know if they're just playing into it now or like system. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but it's anyways, moving on. Number nine, number nine, uh, Ju, lead this one off pickup trucks. Um, well, uh, I drive a pickup truck. I've never (laughs) carried shit in it. Um, 
So, I mean, it's, I think it's, I guess I'll have to say underrated because I drive one. Um, I don't use it as it for those intended purposes. Like I, you won't see me hauling wood or towing a boat or something like that, but pickup trucks are underrated. Chandler, you got, you got a burning passion for this one? Uh, I don't have a burning passion for this one, but I'm just going to piggyback off of JU underrated for all the reasons that he stated. And guess what? They're useful. Um, and uh, you think you're cool if you drive in one. Most people do that have them. So I say underrated, and that's because I do want to get a truck next. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna say underrated just because they're really helpful. I mean, you got to move. You got to do something. You call the guy with the truck. I, I personally will probably never own a truck. I'm just not a truck guy. I mean, I know, shocker, look at me. But uh, I would like to be a truck guy. I know not truck guys who own trucks, and it's kind of like, what do you – you're not you're not a truck guy um so i'm gonna say they're underrated good vehicle but yeah i'm just not a truck guy we'll probably never own one number 10 number 10 on the list number 10 on the list uh jerry hitting close to home here knowing that we're all back number 10 on the list is the fizz being back the fizz being back is probably the most underrated thing to happen this fall I'll say underrated as well, but just do me one favor, Frank. Please, please, please never, ever again wear that shirt. I'm going to wear this shirt more than you could imagine just for making you, that comment. With you wearing that shirt, you look like like an uh, old school reporter who's like battling alcoholism. His wife just left him and you're sitting in like a smoky parlor trying to, you know, recreate that one great story that you did, you know, back in the day, that one good lead. That's just all I see with that shirt is so big on you. It's a starter. It's a classic, Jay. It's fashion. Look it up, sweaty. <laughs> Underrated because where do I get to talk to a guy who looks like an, an alcoholic reporter? I mean, <laughs> underrated. And that I'm going to leave it at that. This has been great. Uh, I love to get insulted on the way out. That was over under. We're not even going to recap it. Check the stories. Watch, watch, follow, listen, tell your friends, everything about it. The Fizz is back. Go tell everyone extra, extra, read all about it. Uh, don't forget to write a review uh, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts. Again, we appreciate you listening. We appreciate you being here. And we will be here next week. Keep an eye on the story for the recaps of our picks. We'll keep track of them all year for you guys. And then, you know, don't feel, don't be afraid to DM or shoot an email of any suggestions you might have. Thank you all for listening. Chandler's inaugural episode. JU, thanks for coming back. It's going to be a good year, boys. Peace out. Be here. Thank you.